It is contact this morning. We're getting kind of a, a checkup this morning, or at least we are going to be checking up on what you know about primary care physicians. Maybe uh, this is our first point of contact for a lot of people as we're trying to all stay on top of our health issues. We'll talk about those health issues, but also uh, this is, believe it or not, National Primary Care Week. And it's an annual event to, to kind of highlight the importance of these people who do take care of our health. We'll, we'll meet with some of our local doctors. Our guests are Dr. Kaylin Strasser and Dr. Diani Shah. They're doctors with uh, our local Penn Highlands Family Medicine Residency Program. We'll talk about what that's like, what our primary care physicians do, and how you can find a PCP as well. I'm Brittany Madera, your host of Contact This Morning, and this portion brought to us by Lifespan Family Services, Adoption and Foster Care. Each day in Pennsylvania, there's at least 15,000 children taken from their homes due to abuse or neglect. Foster parents provide homes to these needy children. Lifespan Family Services trains, supports, and compensates foster parents to address this problem. Call Lifespan Family Services today at 375-1314 or drop in at the Dubois Mall or at Lane Avenue in Punxsutawney. Lifespan Family Services, helping people help children every day. 375-1314. Well, happy to have them in the studio this morning as we are celebrating National Primary Care Week. Uh, We figured we should bring in some primary care physicians. Our guests this morning, Dr. Kaylin Strasser and Dr. Diani Shaw. Both of you are uh, doctors with our local Penn Highlands Family Medicine Residency Program. So good morning, ladies. Good morning. morning. So um, first of all, let's set the stage here and make sure that everybody knows what we're talking about whenever we say primary care physician. What does that mean? What does a doctor um, do at Penn Highlands Healthcare? I'm going to start with uh, you, Dr. Shaw. Sure. So you know, I kind of uh, look at primary care physicians as, you know, if anyone watches football, like like a quarterback, like, you know, the, the Eli Manning of medicine. Um, they, this is, you know, where your patients initially come in. They are set, they're, they're the ones uh, starting the care for the, for the patient. And, and if and need be, you know, sending the patient to other uh, specialties. Um, they are taking care of them for their uh, preventative medicine, anything uh, like chronic conditions um, that they deal with. Um, as well as, uh, you know, uh, disease prevention. And um, uh, so really, it's, it's where really the patients start and, and, and kind of get their, their, um, their care from. Yeah, that's a good summary of it. Um, Dr. Strasser, is it any different whenever we say primary care physician? Is that different than family medicine? No, those terms can be used interchangeable. So when you say your family um, medicine doctor or your primary care physician, they're typically the same thing. Okay. So yeah, those are interchangeable, Brittany. And when we talk about primary care, I love that the word primary is built into it because mm-hmm. like you said, Dr. Shaw, this is like the first the first step. This is the primary point of contact. So why is that so important to actually have somebody on our side for our health? Um, again, I'm going to start with you. I think it's important because, you know, we see so many patients who do have uh, medical conditions that need to be treated um, on, a, on a regular basis. So I think, you know, having that routine follow-up with their primary care physicians is really important to, to prevent any further progression of their disease processes and, um, and which can, you know, down the road maybe lead to um, hospitalizations and, and kind of, so we're, we're kind of that base uh, physician for them to, to prevent that from happening down the road. Uh, prevent is a good word. Dr. Strasser, so it sounds like this is not not something that is just for, for people who already are having some medical issues. You could be 
completely healthy and have a PCP, correct? Yes. So we always like people to come in for an annual checkup yearly. Even if you are young and completely healthy, it's good to come and form that relationship with your physician. We can be your medical partner. We can help you find ways to stay healthy with diet and exercise, help you maybe quit smoking, manage your stress, anxiety. But like Dr. Shaw said, we can also help you with preventative stuff. So keep you up to date on your immunizations. As you get older, help you with um, testing for like breast cancer for mammograms, colonoscopies, that kind of stuff. And then we can also be there to help you with your acute issues such as a rash or an infection that pops up. But if you see us on a routine basis, we know your history. We know your family. We know everything that's going on. So it's more like a family relationship if you see your physician more often. Do you tend to form those relationships with with patients then of, you know, you get to see them every year? And I know this is the residency program, so maybe we're not quite at that point yet. But as, um, as doctors stay somewhere year after year, it does seem like you genuinely care about these people. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Especially being in more of a close-knit community, mm-hmm. you see a lot of the patients, and not just you know the patients, a lot of them come with their spouses, with their children, so you kind of build that relationship with, with not just the patient, but their families. Yeah, absolutely. Dr. Strasser, I believe you said an annual checkup, an annual um, appointment. What does that look like? Walk me through, do the the radio, paint the radio picture of if I am walking into your office, what's going to happen to me? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, Brittany. So if you came into our office for an annual checkup, our nurse would take your vitals, ask if you had any concerns or complaints that day that needed to be discussed. And then we would go over your past medical history, your family history, social history, every aspect of your life. That's something else primary care focuses on. We look at all aspects of your life, not just your medical care. And then we'd give you a physical head to toe. We'd check out your eyes, your ears, listen to your heart and lungs. And then depending on age, we recommend preventative blood work, preventative testing, whatever you need that day. Yeah, I don't think I am, um, hopefully I'm not breaking your heart and hopefully I'm not um, blowing your minds whenever I say this, but a lot of people get nervous at the doctor. It's not their favorite place to go. Dr. Shaw, how do you make somebody feel a little more comfortable, especially if they have... I guess what they call white coat syndrome or, you know, Mm -hmm. get nervous. Right, absolutely. I think the most important thing is when you see the patient for the first time to really just get to know them, um, you know, make them feel comfortable. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of my patients, uh, after I see them for the first time, they do tend to get ease up a little bit and and feel more comfortable being at the doctors. Yeah. Uh, What about you, Dr. Strasser? What are some tips for, I guess, us as patients? How do we get over that nervousness and just go and do the thing that we're supposed to do? Um, I think the easiest thing for me to say, but the hardest thing for patients to do is just realize that we're also people. I mean, I know that Mm -hmm. you call us doctor when you come to the office, but we're still people. I know like Dr. Shaw said, her first visit, she spends time getting to know her patients. I always like to use my daughter Charlotte as a way to connect with people because she's young and everyone has kids and grandkids. I just try and find something that helps them realize that outside of my role as a physician, I still am just a regular community member like them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, although you, of course, are regular community members, regular everyday people, you did spend some years in school. How many years does it take to become a primary care physician? So, I mean, if you had to sum it up, it's almost, I would say, like a decade. So you're starting with your undergraduate years, which is your four years to get a bachelor's degree. And then a lot of physicians do, uh, like myself, do get a master's degree uh, for a year or two. And then you go into medical school, which is another four years. And then after that, you do your residency training, which is a minimum of three years, and then it can go up to almost five or six years. That's a lot of time spent to, to uh, train to do these kind of things. 
Um, now, the residency program, what is that portion of it? Okay, so residency training is, I like to say it's the internship of medicine. So we've graduated medical school. We are doctors, but we're still on a training license. So we work with attendings that are fully trained and able to do everything in medicine. And they just kind of teach us how we're supposed to do things, how to diagnose problems, how to fix them, how to relate to patients, how to handle certain situations. And that for family medicine is three years, like Dr. Shaw said. Wow, that is a lot of time being spent uh, getting trained and, and making sure that you know, you're taking care of us and, and doing all the right things, and we appreciate it. So um, thanks for going through all of that training. I guess let's, let's back up once again. And I know we talked about what a primary care physician does, but let's revisit what ages, um, what ages are your, are your patients? Let's start with you, Dr. Shaw. Sure. So they can be any age. We uh, see uh, babies in our clinic. We see children. We see, you know, adults in their 50s, 60s. And then we also see um, the older, older population. Okay. So really no age limit. So this is kind of why we call it family medicine. It, Absolutely. It, it's made for the entire family. Um, would that even, would that ever include delivering babies? So it, um, it does. So part of our training, we do get our, um, you know, our uh, obstetrics uh, training um, in delivering babies. And then depending on uh, where you are, uh, if it's a more of a rural, pop, uh, rural area, then mm. a lot of primary care physicians uh, do deliver babies. Okay. So it really depends at, on the location. Here at Penn Highlands, we do have, you know, um, we have the OBGYNs and everybody who, right. who does that specifically. But it seems like you're trained in a lot of different stuff mm -hmm. just in case almost mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> wow um now would your office be in the hospital or is this an outside office so for primary care Brittany, you can kind of make it what you want it to be some physicians mm -hmm. see their patients when they're admitted to the hospital but for the majority of patients they are seen on an outpatient basis in the office okay and um like we said this is where you would go for that annual checkup not a scary situation. You yeah. do want to do that annually. Um, what happens whenever people tend to put those appointments off? Let's go into, unfortunately, the negative side of things of not staying on top of our health. Can you tell whenever somebody hasn't been there in a while? Definitely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we try to figure out reasons why, you know, they're not able to make it. Sometimes it, you know, a lot of patients have a difficult time getting to the appointments. So just helping them out in terms of how they can, uh, be, uh, have more access in terms of getting to their appointments on time and, and more regularly. That's important. Mm -hmm. And other reasons are also a lot of times patients, you know, are really unaware of um, the the intensity of their their conditions. And and uh, I think that's just a lot more patient education that com that plays in, in into this. And I think once and once or twice, once you start to explain things more to them, I think they start to come more to the appointments. That's so. It's so sweet and also so understanding to be able to say, you know, we know that things pop up. We know that some people have difficulties getting there or, you know, they might have issues. It's nice to hear, okay, we're not going to we're not going to yell at you. Right. <laughs> we're here to get you back on track. So, uh, again, that would be your annual physical, your annual checkup. Um, what is what's the difference between an advanced practice provider and a physician? Because there are a lot of terms getting thrown around and a lot of, I don't want to call it medical jargon, but these are terms that probably you both are way more familiar 
with than what I am. So can you explain the difference between the two? Yep. So a physician um, goes to medical school and an advanced practitioner is either a nurse practitioner who goes through nursing school and then gets their doctorate in nursing or a physician assistant that goes through physician assistant school and gets their degree. So that's the difference. We all can practice the same way. It just depends on what schooling you went through. Okay. So it's just a matter of, of a difference of schooling. Yeah. And, and a lot of schooling goes into this. We talked about, you know, literally a decade, if not more, of a lot of hard work and en- energy going on behind the scenes before you even get to where you are now. Um, so clearly there's some passion behind this. You don't go through a decade of schooling just for nothing. Um, Dr. Strasser, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you first. Dr. Kaylin Strasser, let's talk about the passion of why you do this, because there's some heart behind it. What makes you um, want to be a, a primary care physician in the first place? Um, so I've wanted to be a doctor ever since I was little. Um, I know in kindergarten you always ask the kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everyone says policemen, firemen, and it kind of changes year to year. Mine always was doctor. Um, I was born with a hole in my heart that was successfully repaired when I was four. So I spent a lot of time in and out of Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh, seeing a lot of doctors, and they were kind of just this enigma. I was just in awe of what they could do. And I was like, you know what, I want to do that one day when I grow up. And then as I started to get older and started to prepare for medical school, family medicine allows you to do so many different things. Like you said, Brittany, we get trained on delivering babies. We see all ages. So it really lets me help everybody. Wow. That's incredible. Um, Dr. Shaw, I'm going to turn it over to you now. Dr. Diani Shaw, so much passion Mm -hmm. of why you do this. Uh, How how did you know that you wanted to be a primary care physician? Yeah, so like Dr. Strasser said, I think, you know, um, I I saw a lot of uh, uh, sickness in my family um, as, as I was, uh, you know, growing up. And I think it just made me more curious in terms of, you know, why, why is this happening? Why this? Why not this? And I think because of that interest I had, I just wanted to do more in, in, the, in the field of science. And I think, you know, family medicine specifically, because first of all, we're treating all age groups, you know, uh, like we talked about earlier, we're connecting with these patients. And I feel like this is one career which gives me a lot of satisfaction, which I feel like personally for me, any other career really wouldn't have gave. So just seeing that change in these patients, you know, making them better um, through, through medicine, I think it gives me a lot of satisfaction. So I think that's one of the reasons I, I decided to go into primary care. That's incredible. What are your favorite parts of it? We're going to go back to you, Dr. Strasser. Um, what's your favorite part? Because there are so many components. There are a lot of working pieces to what you do. Everybody has a favorite part of their job. What's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part would be my patients, especially the ones I see on a regular basis. They come in. They know me. A lot of them call me by my first name, and it's just it's like seeing a family member or seeing a good friend. I get to talk to them like, hey, how's work going? What did you do this summer? Any vacations? And they do the same thing. They're like, hey, how's Charlotte doing? And it's more just hanging out with someone like Dr. Shaw versus Mm -hmm. actually having a medical appointment. And like we said before, I think that helps patients relax, but the patients are my favorite part. That certainly helps with the nerves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dr. Shaw? What's your favorite part of this? Yeah, I'll definitely say patients for sure. Um, And also, I think just being able to do so much in, in, in an outpatient setting. You're not just treating chronic conditions. You know, you, patients come in for multiple reasons. And I think just having that diversity in, in what you're doing, it really makes, I think, this exciting. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's put on um, a situation. Let, let's role play a little bit here of somebody who might be listening right now who 
Maybe they haven't been to those annual checkups in quite a while. Maybe it's been a couple years. Maybe it's been five, 10, even 15 years, and they're starting to realize like, okay, there are some things that are concerning me. I probably should go to a doctor. I don't want to. What would you say to that patient or that not even a patient yet to get them into the office and to start at least taking care of their health and and knowing where they are on that road? Um, So, yeah, Brittany, first I would tell them, you know, it's okay that you haven't seen a doctor in a while. Like, we understand life happens, life gets busy. But I would rather someone come in over a small concern and I work it up and it be nothing and me be able to say, hey, Brittany, we looked into this, there's nothing wrong, than for them to wait and it be something that's no longer treatable or I have to have that difficult conversation that, hey, listen, this has gotten so bad, there's nothing I can really do for you. And they have to go to more appointments because then that's more anxiety provoking. So... I would just rather them come in over something that maybe is nothing and realize that it is okay if you don't come in regularly. We understand life happens. We prefer if you came in annually, but we're not going to hold it against you if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) What would you say, Dr. Shaw, to that person who we know it's been a while, we know we should have come in years ago, Mm -hmm. and now it's time, but we don't want to? What would you say? I mean, I definitely agree with what Dr. Strasser said. Um, and I think it's more just um, for, you know, making the patients feel comfortable, as I mentioned earlier. And really, like I mentioned earlier as well, we're kind of, you know, the primary set point for the, for this patient. So really letting them know that, you know, we can really help them in, 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 if, in diagnosing anything and finding anything and prevent this from getting worse down the road. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're really that, that quarterback, like I, I, like I said earlier. <laughs> Now, what about on the opposite side of things? Um, maybe we haven't been to the doctor in a while, but hey, I'm feeling fine. I think I'm a healthy person. I don't need to go and see a doctor ever. I'm cool. Um, what, what would you say to that patient who hasn't been in a while, but they feel like they don't need to, they're doing okay? Again, I would still encourage them to go. Um, like Diani said, we are the quarterback of medicine. Even if you're completely healthy, you can come in. We can give you ways and tips to stay healthy and then also keep you up to date on anything preventative. Because if you're not in medicine, you don't really know the guidelines for immunizations or preventative testing, but we know that stuff. So by you coming in every year, even if you are completely healthy and we don't do much for you, we're going to catch stuff sooner if there is a change. Yeah. Dr. Shaw, I'll turn it over to you. Same question of that person who I'm healthy, I don't need a doctor. Absolutely. And I think um, a lot of patients we have, you know, tend to be healthy. And really, we don't need to see them um, until like every year and annually. Um, A lot of times we, you know, catch small things when they when they come in for their annuals, which they might not know down, um, you know, in that year of frame. Uh, something as simple as finding, you know, high, a high blood pressure, which now we have to t- try and, and, and focus on um, and take care of. So I think it's just the small things that we can even catch in an annual. So at least coming in for, for their annuals if they're otherwise healthy is, is really important. Yeah. What about people who are worried that whenever we go to the office, they're going to start prescribing a lot of stuff. They're going to tell me that now I got to change my lifestyle. I got to I got to do things. I have to take the medicine. What about that? Yeah, that's certainly difficult. Um, As a patient, I know it's really hard. It's really easy on the physician side to give you my advice. And on a patient side, it can be rather difficult to change your lifestyle or want to take new medicine. But again, if you come for your annual and we catch stuff early and we make small lifestyle changes, maybe we can avoid taking a medicine or making huge lifestyle changes. So again, that's why an annual physical is important. Yeah, Dr. Shaw. Yeah, and I always start off by telling my patients, you know, I don't like prescribing medications unless I really have to. And I think it's just 
really explaining, you know, why you're prescribing a medication, what's the importance of it, mm-hmm. and, you know, what really to look out for with these medications. I think that's the most important thing if you are um, going to be starting something new for the patient. Uh, but I think just making them feel comfortable that, you know, it's not always just prescribing a medication. It can be something as, as simple as just counseling and just having a conversation with the patient. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Uh, if this has maybe triggered something in somebody's mind and they're like, okay, okay, Britt, you have, <laughs> you, you've encouraged me to go, but maybe they don't have that primary care physician. Either it's been so long since they've been that they don't have that point of contact. Maybe they've moved and they've never come to a doctor in this area before. How do you find the, the PCP in the area? Where do you even start? So you can go to the Penn Highlands website, so www.phhealthcare.org, and there's a find a, dual, find a doc tool, and you can use that to find a primary care physician. Easy peasy. Mm-hmm. What would you look for in a PCP as a patient? I know you're on the other side of things, but how do we make sure that we're choosing somebody who's not just um, you know a great doctor, but is also a good fit for us personally? I think really... Um, you know, as we talked about earlier, just having, uh, you know, someone that you feel comfortable with. I think that's the most important thing. You know, that starts with the first visit. And that's why I feel like it's really important for the patient and the doctor to get to know each other in that in that first visit. So I think just having that comfort with that doctor is the most important thing. It sounds almost like an interview mm-hmm. to make sure that it's a good fit for both of you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um, again, if you do need to find a PCP, a primary care physician, you can go online phhealthcare.org and search in the find a doc tool and um, maybe you can even you know find somebody who is going to be able to help you with those problems that you've been thinking about or just get back on track it has been excellent having this conversation with both of you unfortunately we're right at the point where we need to wrap up um i I do want to ask one more question though since you are in the residency program here how's it been so far Good. Excellent. It's been wonderful. I love training in Dubois. Wonderful. And uh, we're, we're glad to have you and we're lucky to have you as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for training with us. And um, thanks for being a part of our community. Thanks thank you so much, Brittany. And uh, as well, thank, uh, thank, thanking our guests this morning for being a part of Contact. It is National Primary Care Week. It's observed in October every year and it actually is uh, this week. It's an annual event highlighting the importance of primary care and uh, bringing those healthcare professionals together, discussing and uh, learning about, well, what they do, why it's so important, and the impact and importance that it can have um, and can make such a difference in your own life. It is National Primary Care Week. Our guests this morning have been Dr. Kaylin Strasser and Dr. Diani Shaw, doctors with our Penn Highlands Family Medicine Residency Program. Uh, Again, if you are looking for a PCP, they do advise that you can find them online, phhealthcare.org, and search in the Find a Doc tool. That's uh, our show here on Contact. I'm Brittany Madera, your host each and every week. And this portion of Contact brought to us by Community County Services, family-based mental health. Hi, folks. Are you having problems with your child at home? Is their behavior a problem? Are you at your wit's end? If so, call us for more information. Community County Services. We provide family-based mental health. Call for information at 371-8066. We work to help you keep your family together in a healthy way. Community County Services, 371-8066.